your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And today's episode is brought to you by Crosscheck, the Locked On Podcast Network's newest daily NHL podcast. If you're a hockey fan, you'll want to check it out. That's cross-check. Find it wherever you find your podcasts. All right, Leafs fall into the Habs in overtime. Cole Caulfield does it again. Ended up getting the OT winner a couple of nights ago. Gets it again here tonight against the Maple Leafs um, after a just brutal 2-on-0 opportunity that the Leafs had to put this game away. And, you know, it's really unfortunate that this is how it all ended because I thought they played 58 minutes of pretty solid hockey. Uh, You know, I I really did think that the Maple Leafs played well. Um, They didn't, like, blow out the Habs. They didn't take them behind the woodshed or anything like that. But I thought they played well and deserved to get the win. And uh, you allow kind of a, 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 a... you know, not a great guilt, tying goal from Phil Deneau. Uh, and then after that, just a, a really weird overtime. You know, they they had a couple opportunities. You had the Matthews uh, and Marner two-on-one, which didn't amount to a shot on goal. How do you not get a shot on goal in overtime on a two-on-oh breakaway? Like, overtime or not, a two-on-oh breakaway, you don't get a shot on goal? That's just uh, that's just sad. And, and, and here's the thing. It's just... Why do you got to be so cute? Why do you got to be so fancy? Like, just too many passes. Just shoot the puck. Get it on goal. There's two of you there. If one of you shoots it into into the into the pad even, let's say, you know, you, you try and score, obviously. But if you create a rebound, you got another guy there who potentially could bang away the rebound. And that, that's ball game. But no, a couple minutes later, they go down the other way. Cole Caulfield finds some space, rips it past Jack Campbell, who had a decent game. You know, that was a tough goal. And, uh, you know, the 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 Toffoli goal, you, you know, you're, it's going to be a tough one to stop. But that was on the power play. And then, like I said, the Deneau goal I didn't like too much. But, you know, you, you're not going to stop every single, every single one, right? You're not going to be completely happy with every goal that goes in. But, um yeah, not not the greatest effort uh, in, in overtime, and and that's gonna cost the Leafs their winning streak. Uh, the winning streak takes a halt there, ends at five, after falling three to two to the Montreal Canadiens. And and I mean, with that win, like that's big for Montreal, and and you could tell like they're they haven't given up. I think a lot of people looked at Montreal when they were kind of starting to free fall a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Said, okay, well. They're probably ahead enough where Vancouver and Calgary can't catch up to them, but like they're just gonna leap into the limp into the playoffs and then just get dusted by Toronto. I mean, we're seeing that this team, and now it's gotten to the point where they've actually won a couple of games. It seems like you know the insertion of Caulfield into the lineup has rejuvenated this team. You got Jake Allen playing some real solid goaltending, and they're playing pretty good as a team. And now all of a sudden. They're actually winning games and have tied the Winnipeg Jets, who are doing the opposite. They're losing a lot of games for third in the division. 
So now, coming into this series, we all but said this is going to be a playoff primer. Like, this is what this is. They played four games, four of the last, like, eight, seven or eight games were going to be played between the Leafs and the Habs. And we were talking about this as as the playoff. This is the playoff primer. This is going to be uh, just a quick, uh, you know, basically a quick series. And then we're going to see each other again in a couple weeks. That may not be the case anymore. And, and And that was a big second point that Montreal got to tie them now with Winnipeg. Obviously, they got... What, three more games here against, two more games against Montreal? So, I mean, or against uh, us here in Toronto. So, they do have to try and get past the Leafs a couple more times, which obviously is going to be difficult. But that was a big win for Montreal. So, you know, it's not like we expected Toronto to come in here and and kind of mop the floor with them. I thought they played well. Uh, Maybe they they let off the pedal a little bit after scoring early, you know, with that Morgan Riley goal. Another thing that kind of killed the flow of this game, there was a lot of penalties, like like a lot of them early on too. Um, just gonna pull it up here. Yeah, like the Leafs took the game's first three penalties. He had two in the first period, and then they took one in the second, and uh, that's the one where they ended up getting the 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 first goal on. But, you know, you take those penalties that killed their momentum. And it really, although Toronto outplayed Montreal through, the, through like, the most of the game, I thought there were some real ticky-tacky calls uh, that really killed the momentum of this being, like, a fun game. It was okay. Uh, I, you know, I, I, there were some really nice saves, I would say, on, on both ends. Jake Allen made a couple of nice ones. And uh, Jack Campbell, I thought, made some real big saves um, made a nice one on the first, an unreal uh, two-on-one stop on the on a penalty kill. Um, made a that one save also for the the overtime breakaway stop. Obviously, was another big save. But the one that I, that I want to key in on, this just to me is like a level, a very high high IQ level play for Campbell in the third period. You know, keeping this a two-one game at the time. And there was a shot at the side of the net, and he made the initial save, and then the rebound dropped out in front of him, and I can't remember who was who was there. Uh, I can't remember. But there was a Montreal player in front who went to go and just, all he literally did was just jam it in, put it, make good contact, send it toward the net, and that is most likely going to go in. Instead, what he does is, is he takes his left leg, the inner leg, and like contorts it to go backwards and almost kick the puck out with his back leg, um, almost as if like it was like he's playing pinball. And the reason why I call it high IQ is because if he tried to do that with the leg that was you know closest to the puck, the leg that was kind of the outside leg um, closest to the post, he probably would have kicked the puck into the back of the net that way. But by going the opposite side, he came at it from like in behind and like kicked it as if he was, you know, like I said, kind of like pinball. And it's just a very high IQ. And Campbell must have made, Oh, like I can count maybe five or six like grade A chances, like 
some real solid stops tonight. He looked like uh, looked like a number one, and he has for the last little bit. Campbell's been Campbell's been fantastic ever since that that little spell where he allowed three goals, got yanked in the one game, and uh, since coming back and, and kind of reclaiming that starter's job, Campbell's been great, and, and that's exactly what the Leafs need heading into the playoffs too. So despite the loss. It's not the end of the world. I thought there was a good performance out of Campbell. You know, Austin Matthews, as always, um, this guy on a nightly basis is really proving to be one of the most elite players in the league, if not already a, a top three player in the league. And I know for those who like, obviously, you're, if you listen to Lockdown Leafs, they're probably a Leafs fan. But, you know, on my show Overdrive on, on TSN, it's a national show. And whenever we bring that up, people think we're just being homers because, you know, we reside in Toronto and we are first and foremost, you know, 1050, a Toronto radio station. But like it really he really is like he is challenging the Leon Dreisaitl's and the 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 Nathan McKinnon's for like that number two spot behind McDavid. I think, you know, McDavid's the best player in the world, but I don't think there's as big a gap between the guy like Matthews and McDavid. I really don't. And when this guy, like, think about the goal that he scored tonight. He, so first of all, was kind of being bodied around by Edmondson, who's a pretty big guy. He's a, you know, a stay-at-home defensive defenseman. They're battling in front of the net. He, at first, Edmondson was trying to box him out to make sure that he didn't get in front of him. And very smartly, just as Thornton was starting to turn and and take the shot, he got in front, gets his stick around in front into a position where once that puck was fired away, he was able to get a stick on it and deflect it, not just get a deflection on it, but literally, as that puck was going wide, deflects it and maneuvers it to go the opposite way of where the puck originally was going and where the goaltender was going and had it come right back and into the back of the net instead of going wide or potentially into Jake Allen's glove way left. It all of a sudden ends up in the back back right corner of the net because of that amazing hand-eye coordination. And, like, he's just, every single night, just wows me, absolutely wows me. And uh, he had another fantastic game. Uh, once again, um, one of the bigger storylines of tonight, though, and and I guess I'm hoping that we could get some better information now as we get to uh, as as some of the post game audio kind of starts to trickle through the Twitter feed here as I'm recording, literally right after the game. But uh, clearly, there was uh, the Nick Felino injury mysterious injury not exactly sure what happened he went to the locker room uh, towards the end of the second period um, and did not return at first there was a video that was floating around about his final shift and how uh, he kind of looked like he had tweaked something after he, he was seen you know he stopped really hard in front of the net just barreling in hard classic Nick Felino, and then just like stopped on the side of his skates and then kind of bent over and it looked like he grabbed his knee or grabbed his leg and then skated off and and then it like went to a different shot 
so at first it seemed like, oh, you know, maybe it's a knee problem. Maybe he tweaked something in his knee or his groin or his, his quad or something. And then at least PR sent out a tweet and said uh, he's out for the rest of the game with an upper body injury. So I'm not sure what exactly happened. It wasn't like a, a hit that we saw. It could have been, you know, a hit he took earlier in the game, uh, whether he dished it or he took it or he went hard into the boards. And, you know, just it, at the time it didn't seem like anything, but maybe it did hurt him and he tried to play through it and then realized, no, I can't. Um, so I don't know. It could be a shoulder. Hopefully, hopefully it is not the C word uh, uh, concussion. That's, that is, I mean, you never want an injury at all, but you know, those can be very, very tricky. Um, you definitely hope that that's not the the problem here, but I don't want to speculate. Uh, hopefully by the end of this podcast over the next little bit, uh, I can start seeing uh, some, some things on Twitter start to, to pop off and maybe guys will start talking about exactly what happened to Nick Felino, but that's really um, that's one of the other things that just has come out of this game. You know, Nick Felino injury left the game, did not return, and we're not sure when he's going to return. Like I said, we still don't have much of an update, but hopefully uh, we will get that rather soon. Uh, but when he did go out, Joe Thornton ends up moving up onto the top line, uh, kind of reuniting with his old pals, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, and uh, looked all right, looked all right. Um, he ended up actually getting an assist on that on the Matthews goal. He's the one who shot the puck, and that assist gave him points in six straight games. Jumbo Joe, who at one point, we were almost tossing him out of the lineup, saying, okay, this guy's done. He's actually officially done he has flipped the switch the last couple of weeks. He is back to being a productive member of this team on the ice. I think off the ice, he had all the intangibles where everybody you know loved him and obviously made him worth being here. But on the ice, what he's been able to do lately has been great. And I thought that he played well again tonight, even after filling back in for Felino. But regardless, he, he was playing uh, extremely well. So I thought Thornton had himself a good game um, as well. And then... Another thing and probably the last kind of note from this game that I want to chat about is, uh, you know, Rasmus Sandin just getting more and more comfortable in his role, getting more responsibilities from the coaching staff, uh, you know, more ice time. He actually got on to uh, PP1 tonight to see see how he is. And, you know, after a couple of off days, you know, maybe he'll get an opportunity to uh, practice with the with the number one unit more and and get a little bit more comfortable but the fact that they are putting him there really shows that they believe that th- this kid is something and he's earning his ice time he and that's I mean that's what I see from from this kid I definitely see him earning his ice time and you know we'll take a look real quick he played uh, just under 16 minutes played four minutes and 25 seconds um, of of power play time obviously you know, being now the first unit guy for this game as Riley only played a minute 35. So Sandine, at least for this game, at least for this game, is uh, is now the, the man who's handling power play duties for uh, for the Maple Leafs and, and for the foreseeable future, maybe. You know, obviously we're, we're not too sure exactly how long he's going to be out there. Uh, but for, for now, looks like he's, uh, he's going to be. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, and uh, when I return, I'll get to the three stars of the game.
This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece they're the perfect way to bring light into her life they're available now through mother's day only on bluenile.com to search the words 10 by 10 this collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful the rank from platt boutique is amazing it's so simple and clean but the vintage details are just incredible it's a perfect little ring that's so timeless and would make the perfect gift. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring, Shield Treasure Forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. That's searching 10 by 10 at BlueNile.com. Stocks, beams, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. All you need is 500 get started. Grow your wealth in an easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first 5000 managed free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W-E-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program, with you here as uh, the Maple Leafs falling to the Montreal Canadiens 3-2 in overtime. Uh, Cole Caulfield scoring the overtime winner, his second goal of his career, both of which have been overtime winners. So the joke is, uh, yeah, this guy can score goals, but apparently only at three-on-three because he's yet to do it in regulation, and he can only score in extra hockey. But, uh, no, this kid's unbelievable, and the Habs have themselves a good one, and uh, he could really rip it, and he did tonight. And and I think that, you know, they need a dynamic, dynamic goal scorer on that roster. Jonathan Drew was supposed to kind of be that dynamic playmaker who can score a bunch of goals. Hasn't turned out to quite be that. Uh, Toffoli obviously has been, you know, a blessing this season, but to get a young cat in Caulfield, I, I think is is really big for the Habs, and and he's my third star of the night. As we get to our three stars, um, I'm gonna give it to Cole Caulfield. Like I said, you, you score the overtime winner. You're you're 20 years old, or maybe even he might even be 19, 19 or 20 years old, and and he's coming up big in big moments for Montreal down the stretch as they try and inch their way closer to not having to play Toronto in the playoffs. Let's face it, no one wants to do this. And for Cole Caulfield to come out and make sure that he's just getting those extra points for his team and giving them a nice jolt of energy here since he's gotten into the lineup, um, you know, it's been big. And, and I thought that he had a, a pretty solid game again tonight for uh, for, for Montreal. 
Um, just a couple of shots on goal. Didn't play too, too much, but you score the game winner. A big-time game down the stretch. Just a few games to go. Uh, that's that. That's a massive one. So wanted to give a shout-out to Cole Caulfield and give him my third star. My second star of the night, I mean, probably got to give it to Jack Campbell. He, I think Campbell was my first star heading into overtime. Or sorry, first star with like five minutes left. So as I started to kind of put a little bit of notes together and I was starting to write out, okay, here's my first star. I had Campbell as my number one and then, a, you know, not a great goal to tie the game and then ultimately ends up losing the game as well. Um, you know, only faced 23 shots, 20 saves, only two high danger chances against him. Uh, so he didn't have to be, you know, massive. He he did have. That's strange, actually. That says two high danger chances, according to a natural stat trick. Because, in my opinion, there was a lot more than that. <laughs> if I be completely honest with you, I I can think of uh, at, at one only one high danger chance in uh, when you think about five on five. But I can think of at least four or five high danger chances in this game. I'm surprised that they have it so low. Uh, Anyways, regardless, I thought that Jack Campbell made some really big quality saves tonight. Gave Toronto every chance to win. I mean, you you limit the home team to two goals or one goal through the first 59 minutes, but still, you limit them to two goals. You are one of the most highest scoring teams in the NHL. If your goalie comes in and keeps it to within a one or two goal game, uh, you should be able to win that one, especially against uh, a team's backup like Jay, like Jake Allen. Had a great night, but you know that's it's just the Leafs need to do better offensively. So this loss isn't on Campbell. I thought that he played amazing. Uh, the game time goal, not a fan of, but the other two, I, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So Jack Campbell for me comes in as the second star. And then Austin Matthews, the first star of the game. I mean, I already talked quite a bit about uh, Austin Matthews and and the night that I thought that he had. But, you know, he's just, he does it all, man. This guy does it all. Played 23 minutes, 51 seconds tonight. Five shots on goal. Couple hits, couple blocks. uh, And and scored, obviously, a beautiful tip. Um, And then was playing well defensively, too. You know, he was was back-checking. I had a couple opportunities there in overtime. You know, Matthews is, is at this point, the best player on the ice in every game he plays that isn't against the Edmonton Oilers. And he looks he, he looks the part every time. Every time. Up to 39 goals. 39 goals. This guy's even missed a couple games this year. And he already has like a 10-goal lead on Connor McDavid for who has who's in second place in goal scoring. Like this guy, honestly, absolute unreal talent. Um, and it's a shame, absolute shame, that he did not end this thing in overtime on that 2-on-0. Got a little too cute. You know, he should have shot it before giving the puck back to Marner, and then it was definitely too late. I don't think he was expecting Marner to get the puck back to him. Um, and then by the time Marner did give it to him, it wasn't able to get a shot off. Puck went past him. Um, so that that kind of stinks, obviously. He had a chance, uh, a good chance to end that game and didn't take it. But 
What are you going to do? Like I said, you can't be 100% happy with 100% of everybody's game. But uh, those are going to be my three stars. Get the game winner. And Cole Caulfield, a.k.a. Goal Caulfield for the Montreal Canadiens. Jack Campbell taking my second star. And the first star giving to Austin Matthews. All right, we'll take one more quick break. And uh, when we come back, I do have, <laughs> well, it's not really an update, but I'll, I'll let you know my thoughts on Felino going forward. Um, and uh, talk a little bit about Hyman and how the conversation around his contract might be changing a little bit. And we'll do all that next. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and to choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write Locked On on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease Podcast, the only daily lease podcast in the land. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from for that daily lease fix. I'm Mike DiStefano, the host of this program. Um, so we'll close the book on tonight's game. Leafs fall 3-2 to two to the Montreal Canadiens in overtime. Cole Caulfield, the man who ended the game. Um, but there was an injury in uh, late stages of the second period. Nick Felino left the game and did not return. At first, we thought maybe it was a, a knee injury or a lower body injury of sorts that he kind of tweaked something based on there was a, a clip that was roaming there about him skating away, but uh, that that apparently was fake news because at least PR says that it's an upper body injury. And I thought and figured we would get some more clarity post game on what exactly is is wrong, or maybe just an update on how long he's expected to be out for, uh, how the injury occurred. But uh, we didn't get any information post game. Uh, his Sheldon Keefe's uh, post game presser just wrapped up and. He said, no update. There's an off day tomorrow, and they will reevaluate and potentially get an update on uh, Wednesday. So Wednesday, we should hear something on what's going on with Nick Foligno ahead of their game against Montreal on Thursday. So uh, just a reminder, we do have, this is Montreal week. This is Habs week, baby. We got a game tonight. Then another game gets a Habs on Thursday, and then another one on Saturday. So that's it. That's all you got to worry about is what's going on between Toronto and Montreal the next couple of games. Um, but as for the status of Nick Felina going forward, not sure. We are uh, not 
to sure. And I don't know how I feel about this, to be honest with you. Uh, well, obviously, I, I, I feel this, this sucks. Uh, <laughs> I can't be honest with you, and I can tell you exactly how I feel. This sucks. But um, now that's Felino that's out for we're not exactly sure how long or if this is even a serious injury or not. We just don't know. Uh, but we do know that Hyman probably not going to be back in the lineup this week. Uh, I guess there's potential. We haven't really heard anything about that. But now we're back to kind of the old uh, conversation of, okay, well, who is going to go up and play on Matthews and Marner's line? And and Joe Thornton got the, got the duties here in the first game. Um, well, not the first game, but after he went down in the third period, had the opportunity to play with uh, Matthews and Marner. But going forward, like, do you break up that Thornton, Brooks, and Spezza line that's played really, really well? Like, they have been a extremely reliable, productive fourth line. And do you want to break that up? And and I guess you would say is, yeah, the first line is way more important. But at the same time, I'm thinking, like, Thornton, the reason why he his play fell off was because he got overworked and he was asked to do a little bit too much, I think, when he was playing with Matthews and Marner. When he's on the fourth line, the way he looks and the way he's playing right now is strictly because of his line mates he's with. He's, he's more suited to play with these guys, and he's not being overworked and overexhausted, and he can go out there and just play 10, 11 minutes of his best hockey and uh, and that's the best way we're going, or that's how we're going to get the best out of Joe Thornton by putting him back up on the top line. I don't know. I don't know if that'll work. I wonder if Wayne Simmons perhaps may get a chance to move up the lineup a little bit. He may maybe he gets an opportunity. Uh, perhaps this is a chance for uh, Kerfoot to move up and, and get a chance to to play there. Galchenyuk could go up and Kerfoot could move in and play with Tavares and Nylander, and then they could put uh, Pierre Engvall back as a, as the third-line center. So there's a couple other different uh, projections, I guess, that we can make for this lineup should Felino be out for a couple of games. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what, what, what happens. Obviously, Hall didn't play tonight either. Uh, Lilligren got into the lineup. I thought he played okay, played decent. He, he didn't make many... You know, he didn't stick out to me, which as a defenseman, that's kind of what you want. You know, if 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 a defenseman's sticking out to you, it's usually because they're getting burned. And uh, he didn't get burned too 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 much. And, and I didn't like think that he had a bad game. That said, I don't think that uh, he's a threat to take Hall's spot. Like it's, it's not the same as as Sandine and Bogosian, where I think Sandine has kind of or Sandine and, and well maybe Bogosian, but Sandine, Dermot, and Bogosian, where. You know, Sandine was the outside looking in, got the opportunity, and now I think he's proven that he is stealing a starter's role from someone. Whether that's Bogosian or Dermot, we don't know. We'll have to figure that out. But uh, Sandy's not coming out of the lineup. I can tell you that. I can tell you that for free. And especially now, getting that first power play unit, I think it's pretty, pretty, uh, I'm pretty confident in in saying that Sandine is, is part of this team for good and for a while. So that's that's that. Um, the conversation I wanted to have in regards to Zach Hyman, though, is for the longest time, we were kind of talking and and discussing what his contract was going to be like. And 
You got some people who are like, oh, he'll take a hometown discount and probably sign for about four and a half million. You know, maybe that would may, may allow him to to come back if he wants anything more than five. That's gonna be really difficult. And I believe that he is worth more than that. I think he's probably worth and would command in the range of five and a half million if he hits the open market between five and a half and maybe as high as six million to if they can get a, a nice bidding war going for his services. And a lot of this conversation is based on the fact that he's been a real solid player and, and he's been kind of the straw that stirs the drink on a lot of different lines here. And, and you know, this has been, uh, he has been a constant all season long. And when the team is doing well, it's usually because Zach Hyman is, you know, got people going. But they went on, obviously they lost tonight, but went on a five-game point streak, five-game winning streak, six-game point streak, technically, since they still got a point tonight. But a five-game winning streak without Zach Hyman in the lineup. I understand that, obviously, bringing in a guy like Felino to take his spot in the lineup is is a little different than that. That kind of is an easy transition where you take him out and Felino goes in. But still, it goes to show that maybe this team isn't as dependent on Zach Hyman as we thought. I guess that's really what I'm trying to get at here. Um, I understand that he's, you know, like I've said a lot of times, the straw that stirs the drink on a lot of lines here. When he's with Matthews and Marner, they're cooking. When he's with Tavares and Elander, they're cooking. They toss him on the third line. They are extremely productive uh, at all ends of the rink. Full 200-foot game. And it's almost as if the conversation has like dried up the last couple weeks as Zach Hyman has been out of the lineup and the Leafs have still been winning, still performing. You know, the third line hasn't looked awful. The top six is producing. And again, I understand Felino probably is the reason why this team hasn't really skipped a beat. That That's entirely a fair point to make. But I'm just saying that somewhat goes to prove and show that Hyman may be more replaceable than we thought. And that a conversation will have to be had in the summer if Hyman tries to dig his heels in a contract you know, standoff with Kyle Dubas. And if he wants that $5.5 million that he feels he's worth, perhaps the Leafs feel they could move on. Because they have had success. They had success in a late stretch in the season here when he went down. They were winning games. They were scoring. Just a, just a thought. That said, I'm very much Team Hyman. I very much want him to come back next year. I'd throw at least $5 million at him if, if you're in a, a contract standoff with the guy. Uh, but... It's just something that kind of was percolating in my head a little bit that I hadn't thought about, man, if only Zach Hyman was back. Oh, if only Zach Hyman would be on, on the in the lineup right now, that wouldn't have happened. I haven't found myself saying that over the last couple of weeks, which, which is the reason why I bring that up. Fantastic player. Been one of the best, most consistent guys. Plays a full 200-foot game. Brings energy to this team. A, a mainstay on the penalty kill. I understand all of that. I'm just saying, over the last little bit, I haven't thought about him. 
and this team's been winning. So maybe if he does want a lot of money, it wouldn't be the end of the world if Dubas didn't bow down to him like he did to Matthews and to Marner and to Nylander and Tavares. Muzzin got a nice little healthy contract himself. That's all I'm saying. That is all I'm saying. You let me know what your thoughts are on all that. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. But uh, I'm going to end this podcast right here for today. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. And receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. I'll be back with an episode tomorrow. Uh, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.